On this episode of Rev Hang, Ben and I talk about the Formula One Bahrain Grand Prix and the IndyCar Grand Prix of St. Petersburg. Let's do it. Hello everybody and welcome back to Rev Hang. I'm Nathan and alongside me through the mighty power of the internet is my good friend and co-host Ben Bagley. How's it going, Ben? It's going great. I got a haircut. You can't see it, but I did. This is true. I cannot see it, but I'm sure it looks great. <laughs> I need a haircut as well, sort of a little bit. It's been a it's been a little bit, but uh, I'm okay for a little bit. And every time I say I need a haircut, I wait like three months, and then it gets unmanageable, and then you know it's just shameful to go in. Yeah, we're in, we're in an era where it's okay if you don't get your haircut immediately. You can you can stand to have a little longer hair for a while. That's fair. We can all look like Colton Herta for a little bit. Oof. <laughs> Wouldn't want to look like Colton Herta after this last race. That's what I'm saying. Very true. Very true. <laughs> Rough, but true. Um, yeah, speaking of which, we've got a couple of races to get through today uh, with the IndyCar Grand Prix of St. Petersburg and the Formula One Bahrain Grand Prix. So let's start with IndyCar. Um, we were in St. Petersburg, Florida this week. Uh, at the uh, street track there. I really like this track. It's super short, but uh, very technical and catches a lot of people out, as we will talk about. Mm -hmm. So, to give you some context, we'll start with qualifying, give you the top 10. Uh, in the fast six, we had Roman Grosjean on pole position, followed by Colton Herta, Padua Ward, Marcus Erickson, Kyle Kirkwood, and Scott McLaughlin. And then fish, finishing the top 10 was Alex Pillow, Felix Rosenqvist, Scott Dixon, and Will Power. Roman Grosjean on pole, I think, is the, I think this is the third time he's been on pole position. In third his or fourth, yeah. Career. Yeah, it's been a good few times. Uh, and then we had a really good showing from Kyle Kirkwood, who was up there kind of out of nowhere. He's, he wasn't uh, anywhere near the top last season, but he has made strides. Yeah, well, so and Jody had a, a really strong showing during qualifying. Yes, they did, during qualifying, yes. Not during any t other time during the race. No, uh, unfortunately for them. Uh, but let's get into it. There was a massive accident on lap one after the start. Lots of cars were involved. I think there were four or five DNFs because of it. Uh, De Francesco got T-boned. Um, at a really high-speed part of the track and went airborne, flew over another car, I think. It was a pretty scary accident, actually. Uh, I was glad that everybody was okay. Um, one thing that I noticed that IndyCar does differently than Formula One is they will absolutely zoom in and <laughs> replay the crash before they know everybody's okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that's, that's content, just an America baby. thing. <laughs> What's well, that? That's content, baby. And honestly, the IndyCars are so durable. I mean, the amount of shit I've seen these in the Lara chassis go through compared to, like, a Formula One car, for example. Like, you could drive this thing through a war zone, and I'm sure it'd probably be okay. Yeah, they are much more durable than an F1 car. They don't disintegrate when they get hit. Yeah, um, and even if they can't drive afterwards, it at least means the driver has a, a bit better chance of surviving some truly uh, horrific stuff. Yeah. There's also a lot more padding in the cockpit, I would say that they could probably go a little heavier on the safety measures because it's all the same chassis for every driver, so there's nothing to be gained by taking weight out. Yeah. Um, so 
IndyCars are pretty durable, pretty safe, uh, and I think the aero screen is really cool. Uh, I would not be surprised if F1 eventually adopts that, just based on the success of the Halo and um, even the success of the, the aero screen in IndyCar. Um, eventually, I could see F1 having that, but who knows? Yeah, the IndyCar, the AMR response times actually seem really fast compared to some other race series, too. Like yeah. they, were, they had three trucks out there, but like before the cars even finished the first lap. Yeah, now the AMR, the IndyCar response team is definitely top notch. They're always there within seconds of accidents. Um, I think there was a there was kind of a conversation we had last last year, or it might have been two years ago after the Grosjean crash that uh, Formula One needs to study IndyCar and their safety team in make changes because sometimes it seems like after formula one crashes it can take quite a while for somebody to pull onto the scene um but in indycar it's it's within seconds every time i remember a massive colton heard a crash at an oval i think it was in at indianapolis yeah last season where he went upside down and slid halfway down the racetrack and the the amr team was there before he stopped sliding i felt like <laughs> yeah it's pretty crazy it's the power of the chevy silverado baby yeah <laughs> all right moving on after they got all that accident cleaned up uh grosjean and herda pulled away on the restart um absolutely flew away from the rest of the field i think they pulled like seven seconds to a ward in third place in like two or three laps yeah um which was you know an okay strategy for grosjean as he was in clean air but a little questionable from colton herda because he was in grosjean's dirty air and absolutely cooking his tires yeah, I, I can't remember. I feel like I heard Team Radio, but I don't remember if they were telling him to back off or to try to keep pace with Grosjean during that I think stint. they were telling him to... I think I don't think they told him explicitly what to do, but I think they did tell him, like, hey, remember, you have tires that need to make it to this, this lap. <laughs> right, yeah. So, so I don't know. But, uh, yeah, he ended up having to stop early, I think, because he just absolutely cooked his tires. Yeah, he lost like six seconds and he had to stop early. Yeah, pretty much kind of ruined his race a little bit. Yeah. Uh, um, they gave great opportunity for everyone behind him. And it kind of kicked, it kind of gave everybody else data on when their, if their stop strategies were going to work. Uh, and kind of opened the floodgates to everyone else a few laps later. Yeah. Yeah, he was the guinea pig because of that. Um, and on the other side of the coin, we have Scott McLaughlin, who took really good care of his tires, uh, but also maintained a pretty good position. I don't remember exactly where he was. I think he was in sixth or somewhere around there. Um, he just took care of his tires until he was able to push later on. He started on the primaries, whereas everybody in front of him started on the alternate tires, the softer ones. Uh, so he was on a different strategy, but it definitely worked out because he jumped four or five people <laughs> yeah, uh, pretty quickly after the pit stops. Um, so on lap 4-2, we had another massive incident. Kyle Kirkwood hit the back of another car. There was kind of an accordion effect just because of how the crash happened. Uh, in terms of the people behind, it really wasn't anybody's fault. But Kirkwood hit the back of another car and went airborne. Um Absolutely demolished his suspension, but somehow limped back to the pits. Incredible. And they managed yeah. to get it fixed after like six laps. 
the only Andretti Autosport car to finish the race. Yep, and it was six laps down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not not the not the greatest showing from Andretti for sure. Um, speaking of which, later on after the restart, Herta and Power came together, and that sent Herta into the wall, and that ended his race, unfortunately for him. Um, it was a pretty, it was a kind of 50-50 incident. Herta was a little aggressive, but, uh, Power did go wide on the corner, and I, I mean, Power did get a penalty for it, and I would have put it on Power anyway. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It was just hard racing from both drivers, just unfortunate. Yeah, um, I think it was the right call, but I also wouldn't have been mad if it was just a racing incident. Yeah, same here. It's, it's really hard because, uh... They kept talking about it throughout the whole race, and you could see if you deviate from the racing line at all there, you're just in the marbles, and your tires get absolutely filthy, and you lose all sorts of grip. Um, yeah. Like, you had people like Award who would pull out on the main straight, and and he would, like, his tail, his, his, uh, the rear of his car would get unstable and, like, wiggle around, and he's just on a straight. It was pretty insane. Yeah. Yeah, on these street circuits, it's it gets really dirty really quick and there's so little room for the racing line to shed off material that if you go anywhere else, uh, especially with all the drivers starting on the alternates, just the super sticky tires that shed during the, the tight stuff, that makes pretty hectic turns if you go off the line. Yeah, for sure. Um, through all of this, McLaughlin cycled to the front after, front after the pit stops, and uh, Grosjean managed to continue to hunt him down um, for pretty much the rest of the race, or at least the, the second third of it. Um, on lap 72, Grosjean was, uh, he had just pit the lap before, and McLaughlin was coming out of the pits on cold tires. Uh, they went through turn one and two, and got down to turn three, and they were side-by-side. Side. Grosjean was on the outside, McLaughlin on the inside, and unfortunately, McLaughlin did not break early enough on his cold tires, and he absolutely sent Grosjean to the Shadow Realm. <laughs> yeah, uh, I couldn't believe it when I saw that. No way. Because either of these two guys could have easily won the race if they had stayed yeah. apart from each other. Like, those were the two top competitors that I thought were going to win up to that point. Because Grosjean yeah. just had incredible pace, but Kirkwood had a, a really good strategy and was able to hold off on his pits and get that stuff sorted out. And then they both just crashed. Yeah, I was really sad. I was rooting for Grosjean. I I really hope he wins the race this season. Um, he just seems so confident in his car. We'll get into that in a little bit. Um, but... Yeah, I was. I'm definitely a Grosjean fan now. I think. <laughs> uh, felt really bad for him when he got punted. <laughs> yeah, better luck next time. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they ended their race, and that promoted Pato Award to the lead. Uh, McLaughlin was actually able to continue after uh, kind of getting out of the wall, but he was sent to the back of the field as a penalty for causing the collision. Uh, I think that's pretty fair. Um, 
Award was able to hold off Ericsson and P2 for the remainder of the race until, unfortunately, an engine stutter. Uh, they talked about something, some overboost. I don't even know. I didn't understand it. But uh, basically, the engine lost power for a split second on the entrance to the straight, which basically compromised his line into the straight. And um, Ericsson was pretty easily able to pass him. Like It was so extreme that I thought Award had an engine failure uh and was just coasting but <laughs> yeah Luckily, essentially what happened is uh overboost is essentially uh essentially you get a like a detonation in the plenum where the air and fuel mixes before being sent into the motor uh it's kind of like a backfire ish is the most simple way i can describe it um but yeah essentially it just sucks all the air out of the motor because it cavitates inside the plenum and sucks all the air out. Gotcha. This is this is why I love having a former race car engineer on the podcast. Love it. Thank you, yeah. Ben. <laughs> um, so Erickson passed him onto the straight and then went and drove into the sunset. He was a good few seconds ahead by the end. Uh, and he was followed across the line by O'Ward in second and Scott Dixon in third. So, results of the race, we'll go through real quick. Winning the race was Marcus Erickson, like I said, followed by Pato O'Ward and Scott Dixon. Then four and five was Alexander Rossi and Callum Eilat. Eilat had a great showing, um, just uh, had his rookie season last year, so he's a new guy. Uh, good to see him up top. Uh, six through ten was Graham Rahal, Will Power, Alex Pillow, Christian Lungard, and David Malukas. Eleven through fifteen was Marcus Armstrong, Augustine Canapino, Scott McLaughlin, Connor Daly, and Kyle Kirkwood. Uh, and then sixteen and seventeen we had Stingray Rob and Joseph Newgarden. Eighteenth uh, place we had Roman Grosjean, who did not finish the race. He retired. 19th place, I think 40, yeah, 49 laps down. He somehow got running again, but was 49 laps down. We had Felix Rosenqvist. Uh, and then everybody else, I think, from here on out is, yep, DNFs. So in 20th, we have Colton Herta, followed by Renus VK, Jack Harvey, Helio Castroneves, Santino Ferrucci, Devlin DeFrancesco, Simon Pagino, and Benjamin Peterson. Yeah, like I said at the uh, the last episode, chaos is what I want, is what I got. Yes, you willed it into existence. Spoke <laughs> to power, yeah. It was a very entertaining race. It did take three hours, though, and uh, I was a little rough. <laughs> it's definitely one that I was glad that I watched it on my own time on stream. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. So, say what you will about Peacock, but there is a convenience factor there. Yes, absolutely. I did stream it live, and uh, I was getting worried that it wasn't going to end the race before I had to go to work, but they, they just squeaked it in. <laughs> um, so yeah, good race. We had tons of cautions, I think five or six. Um, you've got the chaos that you prayed to the racing gods for. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, talk about Roman Grosjean, who was on pole position and led a good chunk of the race. He appears very confident in his Andretti car and team. Uh, more so than last year, even, I think. He's just, he's very quick. 
I don't know if it's just the combination of this track and his skill set, um, but he just seems like he's you know got the car under him. He knows what he's doing. He's not afraid to to send it, and he did. And unfortunately, it didn't stick. But um, he definitely seems fearless, which is a good thing in uh, in a series like IndyCar. It's promising for the future. Absolutely. Um, Andretti lost every single one of their cars this race. Horrible showing from them. Except for Kyle Kirkwood. <laughs> Except for Kyle Kirkwood, uh, who finished six laps down. But he did um, technically finish. But he did finish. He got, I think, 15th or something like that. Yeah. If you finish halfway up the order when you're six laps down, that just shows how crazy of a race it was. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, hopefully they uh, get the ball rolling next race. Um, so Alexander Rossi also has settled nicely into his Aero McLaren car. Uh, I think he finished, what did he finish? Fourth, pretty good for his first race with a new team. I would yeah. say. Yeah, I'd say that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, it'd be really cool if he had a great season. Whoops. Sorry. Bumped my mic. Uh, I would love him to have a great season. I like Rossi a lot. Uh, I think the first Indy 500 I watched was 2016, and he's the one who won it as a rookie. So, um, yeah, I've always kind of liked Rossi. <laughs> um, just a fantastic start to the IndyCar season. I can't, you can't really ask for much better than that in terms of a entertaining race. Yeah, I think that was a, a really good introduction to the the 2023 season, and I think that anybody who just started out watching IndyCar will have really enjoyed it that's kind of the sentiment that i saw on reddit too yeah i think so too it's uh it was very entertaining uh the some indycar races can be kind of boring um especially ovals if you don't really understand what's going on um and we got an oval up next (laughs) at Mm -hmm. uh, texas motor speedway so uh the uninitiated will be will be taught Yeah. But I do enjoy oval races a lot more than I used to, just because I kind of understand it now, get what's going on a little bit more. Yeah, once you start um, to understand how they work and where to look for the action and the movement, it gets a lot more entertaining to watch. Yeah, for sure. But that wraps up IndyCar for this week. Uh, now let's move on to Formula One and the Bahrain Grand Prix. Uh, starting off with qualifying, we'll go through the top 10 to give you some context. On pole position, surprise, surprise, was Max Verstappen. Followed in second by Sergio Perez. And then third and fourth were Leclerc and Sainz in the two Ferraris. Fifth place, we had the man, the myth, the legend, Fernando Alonso. And then sixth and seventh, we had the two Mercedes of Russell and Hamilton. Eighth place, we had Lance Stroll. Ninth and tenth were Ocon and Hulkenberg. Hulkenberg with a great qualifying for a Haas. Uh, I will say my my year my full year predictions for Haas being the fifth fastest car not looking great so far. No, not really. <laughs> no, but um, Hulkenberg is putting the car in places it shouldn't be. He just unfortunately uh, had an incident in the race that kind of ruined it. But we'll get there. Um, yeah, great qualifying from Aston Martin. Lance Stroll P8 with two injured wrists and a broken toe like that's kind of insane yeah especially when you think about i mean the f1 cars have power steering but the brakes take so much force and if you ever tried to drive like a a truck with a clutch or something like that like a real heavy clutch with a hurt foot uh it it really hurts yeah it sucks 
not fun. So trying I to have... do the same thing in a, an F1 car haul down from speed with those brakes is no mean feat. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you need uh, quite a bit of pressure because... Uh... Well, that's interesting. They, the braking system in an F1 car is obviously different than in a normal road car. The pedal really doesn't move at all. It just uh, kind of takes the pressure input, and uh, it's a brake-by-wire system, so I think it's all done electronically. Um, is it really? I actually never thought about that. Never yeah. looked that up. Yeah, huh. it's not hydraulics, I don't, I don't believe. I mean, that makes sense. Um, yeah, right. But yeah, it's kind of interesting. Like you think about a brake pedal that doesn't move at all. It's just kind of a foreign concept to anybody who's driven a road car. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's how they that's how they that's how they get the performance out. I guess. <laughs> uh, it's definitely it's you you can't really have a spongy brake pedal in a race car. It doesn't work as well. <laughs> no, I but guess you're pretty anyway. limited for space too. You don't want huge movements to have to make with your feet. Right. All right, so getting into the race, uh, Leclerc got Leclerc and Sainz actually got really good starts. Uh, Leclerc was able to take second from Perez, who did not get a good start. Uh, Verstappen did maintain the lead and drove off into the sunset, and that's probably the last time we'll talk about him this race. <laughs> yep, I honestly kind of forgot he existed until he won the race. Yeah, I think we had like maybe 10 seconds of Verstappen airtime, and it was the start of the race, and when he crossed the finish line. Yeah. Um, yeah, he just he was all alone the entire time. <laughs> uh, so also on lap one, Lance Stroll ran into the back of his teammate Fernando Alonso, causing great starts to lose position positions. Yeah, not not the best start. Uh, injury or not, you're not supposed to hit your teammate. Um, <laughs> that could have been way worse. It, they both got very lucky. That yeah. There was no damage. Um. Alonzo could have very easily walked out of that with a puncture and dropped to the back of the field, um, but luckily he uh, he didn't. His car was fine. Stroll's car was fine as well. Uh, they both kind of got away with one, but Alonzo did drop a couple spots, so he had some work to do to make that up. Uh, on lap 13, speaking of which, Alonzo was able to hunt down George Russell and pass him. Um, Bottas had a strong showing early on in the race. Uh, he was he was right up there with Alonzo and Russell. He kind of came out of nowhere. Where did he qualify? Qualified 12th, so he jumped a lot of people. Yeah. Um, definitely a great start for him. Uh, Oscar Piastri shortly after, maybe even before this, uh, retired due to an electrical problem with the car. His steering wheel stopped working, uh, and so they had him pit, and they replaced his steering wheel, and we got to watch the McLaren, like, Dawson loading screen, um, <laughs> which is kind of entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it didn't fix the problem, so he uh, he retired due to no fault of his own. Um, but he wasn't uh, wasn't running super well anyway. No. Uh, none of the, neither of the McLarens were running super well. No, but it's hard to tell if it's because of the car or, well, it was because of the car that they weren't running well, but, uh, yeah, it's hard to tell where they are on pace still is what I'm saying. Ah. Um, because Lando Norris had a pit early and multiple times throughout the race due to a pneumatic leak. Uh, they had to keep refilling that system. And, uh, what did he end up with? What does it say down here? I think six pit stops that race. <laughs> Not what you want. No. Um, 
So unfortunately, Lando did not have the best race. Uh, Esteban Ocon also did not have the best race. Man, racking up penalty points like it's no one's business. You th- think he thought they were world championship points. That was uh, so painful. Yeah. <laughs> he was just, yeah, watching him try to just get back out to the racetrack. Ugh, yeah. It was it was kind of sad. It's like you, you see him serve his penalty, and then he leaves the pits, and then you see a flag come on the screen that says, yes, my not guy, it's another 10-second penalty or whatever. No. <laughs> yeah, not not the greatest race from him, unfortunately. Um, but uh, Sergio Perez had a pretty good race after the start. He, he passed Leclerc on lap 26 again for P2. Lance Stroll was able to get past George Russell in the Mercedes on lap 32 to take P7. Uh, shortly after, on lap 38, Alonso was able to pass Lewis Hamilton in a crazy and amazing move uh, for P5. On lap 41, Charles Leclerc had an engine failure. We'll get into the Ferrari woes in a little bit. Um, but that caused the virtual safety car, first safety car thing in 2023. It was yeah. the only one of the race. Uh, just that one VSC was pretty short. Lasted only a lap or two, I think. Um, and then on lap 45, Alonso was able to pass Carlos Sainz for P3, the final podium position. And uh, the not much happened after that. The race ended. Verstappen, Perez, Alonso on the podium. Which everybody just lost their minds over. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. Uh, I don't think anybody... If like if you've said a week ago that Alonso would be faster than both Mercedes and both Ferraris, like no one would believe you. <laughs> it yeah, was pretty no. crazy. Remember when you were saying Mercedes figured out their car problems and there'd be no problems? Yeah, that was before I saw that they stuck with their no side pod design. <laughs> uh, before we saw we'll, the car. Yeah, we'll talk about that too. <laughs> um but yeah, it doesn't look like Mercedes is going to be P2 in the championship like I was thinking. They're going to have a bad time, I think. Yeah. Uh, well, time will tell. <laughs> so the results for the race. In first place was Max Verstappen by a country mile, followed by Sergio Perez and Fernando Alonso rounding off the podium. Fourth and fifth were Sainz and Hamilton. Sixth through ten was Stroll, Russell, Bottas, Gasly, and Albon. Uh... 11 through 15 was Sunoda, Sargent, Magnuson, DeVries, and Hulkenberg. 16 and 17 rounding off the finishers were Joe and Norris. Uh, Norris didn't cross the finish line, but he did complete the 90% rule or whatever it is to be classified as a finisher. So not technically a DNF. Um, then we got into the three DNFs, and they were Esteban Akon, Charles Leclerc, and Oscar Piastri. I was told that Akon retired just to save the engine because there was no point in him continuing to run after all of his penalties. Yeah, he got sent to the shadow dimension. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, put in timeout. Um, yeah, so Red Bull absolutely dominated this race. Um, like I said earlier on, I heard later that Verstappen even turned his car down to a lower engine mode. Uh and he still was pulling away and won by well i guess he won yeah what was it it says 11 seconds but i don't think that's right did he win by I mean, only 11 seconds oh it was only 11 seconds but 11 i mean he was probably is just managing still a pretty the game. long time what's that 
11 seconds is still a pretty long time, and that's the gap to his teammate in another Red Bull car. Right, yeah, and he was probably just managing that gap um, if he turned his engine down. <laughs> yeah, and the interval from Perez to Alonso was another 27 seconds, so there's your there's your time gap right there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then there was another 9 seconds from Alonso to Sainz, and I think Alonso only had like 6 laps after he passed Sainz. So, oh no, it was more than that. It was 11 laps. But still, he pulled a nine-second gap out on a Ferrari. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah, and then you have Lewis Hamilton, Lance Stroll, and George Russell. So you have Lance Stroll finding himself between two Mercedes. Yeah, with all injuries. All within a, a five-second gap. Yeah. Could you, yeah, I think the was... Aston Martin is uh, going to be pretty scary this year. I mean, yeah. people are calling it the Green Red Bull already. Well, um, I wonder what Lance Stroll was thinking, like looking in front of him, behind him. It's like, what's going on right now? Yeah, it's a fever dream. Where am I? <laughs> yeah, uh, pretty pretty crazy stuff. They have pulled off the pink Mercedes strategy again, uh, but oh. I think even even better and to more success than they did last time. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't see I don't see Aston finishing any lower than third place in the championship right now. Ooh, bold. Okay. But we'll see. Um, Lance Stroll took P6, like we talked about, just a couple weeks after breaking his wrist, spraining his other wrist, and breaking a toe in a cycling accident. Ferrari now is... Uh, <laughs> Ferrari <laughs> they did Ferrari things. Yep. Uh, I, it's absolutely insane. Um, we'll talk about... Well, we'll talk about a little bit more in Paddock News, but... They're already dropping engine components like it's nobody's business. Um, engine failure in the first race, they've been known to do this. It's just not the way you want to start your season. <laughs> no. Uh, so hopefully they get on top of that, but it's Ferrari, so who knows. It's it's going to be it's gonna be a rough season for Leclerc, I think, again. Yeah. Yeah, and even if Mercedes isn't really in the conversation, apparently now they have to compete with Aston Martin. Um, right. So they'll get no breaks, no mercy. Yeah, I think that's going to be the battle for third is Mercedes and Aston Martin, which will be very entertaining to watch. But it almost seems like there's four top teams this year, and the best of the rest is whoever takes P5. Which is so weird. So strange. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. It's very yeah. exciting. We love competition. Yes. Um, McLaren had a pretty bad start. In fact, they had a worse start this year than they did in Bahrain last year, which is pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, they went from 2021, which they were a really stonking fast team. Um, and then in 2022, they got worse, and they're getting worse again. Yeah. I... Uh, I hope, well, I'm a McLaren fan, but I'm also a big Lando Norris fan, and I kind of hope for Lando's sake that he finds a way out of his contract. Because <laughs> oh. uh, it just, you know, game. McLaren's, they've been promising that the car is going to be at the front of the field for so many years now, at least five. They've been saying, oh, next year's the year, we're going to be top, fighting with the top three, and then it just keeps getting worse. And so, for Lando's sake... Uh, I know Red Bull's been kind of, kind of, uh, you know, <laughs> poking at him a little bit, saying, "Hey, hey, we'd love to have you." <laughs> um, 
So if that if that happens, great. If he stays with McLaren, that's good for me as a McLaren fan. Uh, but yeah, I could see him jumping ship if this year doesn't get better. But it is only the first race, and they were technical failures, not necessarily speed problems. But the speed didn't look great either, to be completely honest. Yeah, I want to see him replace Lance Stroll at Aston Martin. I think that would be entertaining. <laughs> that would be entertaining. I would love to see the family dynamics after that, though, in the Stroll family. Uh, <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen, but you never know. <laughs> Maybe Lance yeah. Stroll decides he wants to go and do World Endurance or something. I don't know. That's the only way I see that happening. <laughs> Bicycling. That's Tour de France. Um, but Williams is kind of another big story. They are officially a midfield team this year, I'd say. Yeah, they swap places with McLaren, apparently. Pretty much. Yeah, they're not a backmarker, at the very least. Logan Sargent impressed me so yeah. much this week. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's what I was. I was so excited. Yeah, I'm in my predictions last week saying he's the new Latifi, which I mean, I I don't think I had any justified reason for saying because I hadn't seen him even race yet, other than which an F2. also means you didn't have any justified reason to not say that. So that is fair. Yeah, uh, I guess if I tried to come up with a justified reason, I'd say that he was, you know, kind of okay in F2. Uh, he wasn't on the level of there were. I mean, he think he finished like P six in the championship or something like that. So I mean, he won a couple races, but he wasn't lighting the world on fire like Piastri did in his time and Dragovich did last year. So I I wasn't really expecting too much from from uh, Logan Sargent, but he he shocked me. The man drove yeah. super well. Came in P twelve. Yeah, his qualifying time was right there with Albon's, who has way more experience and was a Red Bull driver before he went to Williams. Yeah. So for yeah. his first race to, be, race to be benchmarking against that, I'd say that's a, a really solid result. Absolutely. And yeah, even though he didn't come into the points, he was not far behind Alwan in the actual race either. No, I'm trying to see... I'm trying to find the gap, but it's it's kind of hard with the way this is uh, He out. was a 133 and Alwan was a 135. So two well, yeah, but Al- but Albon, well, now that's minutes. Uh, Albon was not lapped where Logan ah. Sargent was lapped on the last lap. Okay, yeah. I was looking at so that. So yeah. I, I don't think he was too far behind, though. Probably just maybe 10 seconds, which for his first race to be 10 seconds behind Albon is pretty insane. Yeah. So very good job from Sargent. I am very pleasantly surprised, and he will only get better with time, which is very exciting for an American driver. Finally. Finally, yeah. Um, but yeah, our last talking point here is that the midfield seems very tight. It's all spread out throughout the finishing order. Uh, just like last year, I think the midfield battle is going to be very exciting. Yeah, we even had Bottas. Uh, he was up in the points, right? Yeah, yeah he eighth got eight. Yeah, so yeah. we even got, we have an Alpha, we had Williams, we had Haas, we had all sorts of cars up in the points, or at least pretty close to it. Yeah, it's like from eighth place on, we had Alpha, Alpine, Williams, Alpha Tori, and then another Williams, and then a Haas. Uh, but they're like they're all mixed in there. It's it's really cool. Yeah. Um, Yuki Sonoda outperforming my expectations as well. I will say. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know. 
He got P11. He was challenging Albon for P10. Luckily, Albon held on to that point. I I do want Williams to to do well. I they've just had so many bad seasons that I want I want Williams to to have a good one or at least an, an okay one. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And I think Yuki Tsunoda should be right around there with Alex Albon. I think that's about the matchup that we should be seeing. Yeah, I'd say so. All right, that rounds off the talk about the race. Let's move into our paddock news. We've just got two bullet points to talk about. Uh, both are F1 related. Total Wolf admits that the design of the Mercedes is fundamentally flawed, and they will need to go back to the drawing board to create a competitive car. Um, now, with all that being said, I do believe they did draw up another concept car, so they can kind of just switch that over. Uh, I think they'll probably do that in Saudi Arabia. The only problem with that is they don't understand that car really at all yet compared to the car they have now. So they're kind of just starting fresh, which I think long-term is the right move, but I don't think they're going to be that fast for, well, probably for the rest of the season. Yeah, they probably should have started fresh at the end of last season, I'm thinking. Yeah. Because this, this car doesn't look that dissimilar from last year's car. No, they they still have no side pods, and I mean they didn't change the concept much, other than they figured out the porpoising problem, and were able to run the car a little lower. Which they kept saying last year, the only reason that they weren't fast last year was because they couldn't run the car low enough without breaking the porpoising rule. Um, but they were able to this race and didn't look any faster than last season. Yeah, they're actually they looked slower than they appeared at the end of last season. Yeah, because last season they were they were fighting Ferrari for like the second fastest car, and this 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 week they they were not not fighting Ferrari. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Russell podiumed last year in that car, and I he can't won last see year. Or, or yeah, he won. I don't think I can see Russell winning in this year's car as it stands right now. Not right now, but we'll see if they if they do if they pull the strategy that it seems like most of the other teams have done and copy the Red Bull, then maybe they'll jump up the order a little bit. Who knows? That'd be a massive pride pill to swallow. Yeah. Maybe that's why they didn't do it. (laughs) Yeah. They have to hold on to that last little bit of pride. Yeah. Uh, Moving on to Ferrari. Ferrari had a power unit failure. Uh, It was a battery failure, but Leclerc uh, could take a power unit penalty as early as the next race in Saudi Arabia, as he would need to use his third energy store of the season when each car is only allocated two. Rough. <laughs> yeah, that's not a great start. Um, it's in- I don't know if they'll actually take the penalty because they swapped out his energy store, his first energy store before the race uh, in Bahrain. They didn't really say if it was broken or if they just didn't like what they were seeing with it and swapped it out just in case. Uh so I don't know if, if they'll figure out that problem and can still use that second energy store, then great. But if not, then yeah, Leclerc is going to take I think a ten second or ten place penalty in in Saudi Arabia in his second race. <laughs> Rough. Yeah, who knows? Maybe they won't ever have to take a, a power unit penalty again. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, not a great start. Not not at all. <laughs> All right, that runs off Paddock News. Let's move on to the Pit Stop Championship, first one of this season. Um, one of the only th- good things that happened to Ferrari and Leclerc this this race 
Leclerc ended up with the fastest pit stop at 2.22 seconds, uh, followed by Red Bull and uh, Verstappen, and then Sainz, Hamilton, Perez, Stroll, Russell, Tsunoda, Alonso, and Albon round off the points finishers. Uh, pretty standard stuff from last season. We have fast Ferrari, fast Red Bull, fast Mercedes, and Aston Martin, and then Alphatore's in the mix as well. Yeah, although I remember McLaren being one of the faster pit stop teams last year, and they're both at the bottom. This is true, but Piastri only had one pit stop, and it was to retire the car, and Norris had six pit stops, and each each pit stop they had to refill the pneumatic, <laughs> pneumatic system. So, <laughs> okay, fair uh, enough. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard to say. Norris's fastest pit stop was 8.78 seconds. Wow. Um, <laughs> and he had six of them. So that <laughs> just shows you how his race went. Um, but after that, uh, Guan Yuzhou had the slowest pit stop of the regular pit stops at 3.5 seconds, which is actually not terrible in terms of yeah. being the slowest pit stop. I would say so, that's acceptable. Yeah, pretty decent. Um, okay, so that is the pit stop championship. We uh, don't need to go over the championship order because we just did. <laughs> so we'll move on to overtake of the week. What else could it be but the Alonso overtake on Lewis Hamilton at turn ten in Bahrain? What a move that was! Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exciting. Not just because of uh, the pass itself, but because who was overtaking and who is being overtaken. Yep. Yeah, uh, I almost said overtooken, overtooken, <laughs> and kind of what it meant for the season. So it's got real cultural ramifications, I think. Absolutely, I will say this probably would not have been overtake of the week if Grosjean made it around the outside. <laughs> oh, but uh, anyway, that did not happen. So unfortunately, Grosjean did not win his overtake of the week award. But I was very happy to give it to Alonso because that was quite the move. Yeah, got the nice switch back, gave him the old switcheroo. That's one of my favorite parts of the Bahrain track. I love that switchback portion. Yeah. That Where that you turn, it up Yeah. You line turn, it up right and you come behind in the uh the first part, and then you come out ahead in the second part. Yeah. This is pretty cool. Very cool. That turn ten is treacherous and very difficult. If you've ever played the F one game then you know that that turn 10 is i think that's my worst corner in the game i can't figure out where to break to save my life and i lock <laughs> up every time because it's downhill so it's it's a very it kind of messes corner. you up yeah um all right let's move on to our weekly predictions we'll talk about last week's prediction predictions first and then do our predictions for this upcoming race grand prix of st petersburg and indycar um, we'll go with pole position. I predicted Will Power. What did you say, Ben? I had New Garden. New Garden, and it went to Grosjean. Yep. So both of us pretty wrong. I imagine we're going to be wrong on most of the IndyCar predictions this season. IndyCar <laughs> is really hard to pin down, which is part of what I like about it, but it also makes it really hard to sound smart with your predictions. Yep. <laughs> All right, uh, podium, we did predict this in order for the podium last week, but I have changed my mind over the course of the week thinking about it. 
when we do our podium predictions, it's not going to be in any particular order because it's just going to be impossible <laughs> to do that. Yeah, we're not that good. No, so we're going to predict three drivers each week uh, for the podium, and uh, if those three drivers are on the podium in whatever particular order, then great. But my podium predictions for this week were Joseph Newgarden, Will Power, and Roman Grosjean. <laughs> Very solid choices, usually. Uh, yeah. I had Newgarden Award and Herda. And you did get an award, and you also predicted him second, and he got second. So very good. Incredible. Job. Yeah, and I could have gotten Herda maybe if he didn't do a Colton Herda move and be too aggressive at the start of the race, and then crash himself out in the second half. Yeah. <laughs> and I would have gotten the Grosjean if he. Oh well, we all know what happened. <laughs> Yeah, but it wasn't really Grosjean's fault. It was just unfortunate. Yeah, but all right. So next up, we have our winning number of pit stops. Uh, I said three, and I was uh, counting on a hyper aggressive strategy of four. You know, just running alternates all race, <laughs> just bang, right. bang, bang. Uh, that was not uh, the case. So technically in the classification, it was three pit stops for Marcus Erickson, but that counted the red flag at the beginning of the race as one of the pit stops, and in IndyCar, you are not allowed to work on the car at all during red flag period. So um, I did not count that as a pit stop because really it wasn't. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, so two, it was a two-stop strategy that won the race essentially for Marcus Erickson, so that is what it ended up being. Uh, neither of us were correct, and I remember saying last last week that I thought it was more likely to be four than two. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. I need to learn to speak less. <laughs> you and me both. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Bahrain Grand Prix for last week. Uh, my top five was Verstappen, Russell, Leclerc, Hamilton, and Sainz, and my dark horse was Kevin Magnuson. Yep, and I had Verstappen, Perez, Leclerc, Russell, Hamilton, with Albon as my dark horse. Yep, and to remind everybody of the actual top five, it was Verstappen, Perez, Alonso, Sainz, and Hamilton. So Ben coming out strong. Yep, Albon even got points. Yes. Yeah, so I, I thought, yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. Absolutely. I thought you were crazy when you put Albon as your dark horse, but now it's like... He could. He could have good results. <laughs> Williams hype train, let's go. It's taking let's off from it. the station now. <laughs> All right, fastest lap prediction. I said George Russell. And I had Charles Leclerc. And everybody was expecting this. It went to Zhou Guanyu. What? <laughs> I did not catch that. How? Yep. Yeah, I don't what? I don't know. It was it was at the end of the race. But yeah, Zhou ended up with what? the fastest lap. That's that blows my mind. Yeah, I think he had one last season, too. I think it was in... Was it in Brazil? It might have been in Brazil. Or Abu huh. Dhabi. I don't remember. It was one of the one of the last two races, I think. But he had one last year as well. Crazy. So, quick driver. Um, yeah. Somebody give this kid a reliable car. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Driver of the day, I guessed. Uh, Nico Hulkenberg. And I had Perez. And it went to Alonso. And I'm not mad about it. Yeah. Well-deserved. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. 
he was my vote during the race anyway. <laughs> so, this week's predictions. Let's go over them. Pole position for Texas Motor Speedway. is uh, it's, it's the Oval. I think 375 laps. Um, I am going to say Padua Ward takes pole position. And I'm going to say the good old Indy 500 winner, Marcus Erickson. Gotcha. Makes sense. All right. Now the podium. Uh, my three podium sitters are Padua Ward, Joseph Newgarden, and Alexander Rossi. Alrighty, And I've got Erickson, Power, and Pillow as my podiums. I think both podiums are very possible. <laughs> yeah. It's really hard to tell, especially in ovals. Um, yeah, I, just in it general. feels like it's been forever since I've watched an oval, so I'd, I'm just kind of throwing names out there that I think will do well and hoping for the best. Nice. All right, and the winning number of pit stops, I said two. And it looks like I also put two. Gotcha. We're I mean, on the same page, and we'll be yeah. even more on the same page as we'll see in a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's an oval uh it's pretty easy to stick to a strategy for the most part um just because you know there's a lot less uh variability so i think being able to stick to two pit stops shouldn't be too terrible hopefully all right moving on to our predictions for the formula one saudi arabia grand prix and before we get into this i just want to note that these <laughs> these lists were were uh imagined independently of each other uh, neither of us saw each other's, or we're looking at each other's guesses before this. Yep. Um, but we have the exact same top five. <laughs> Almost like we watched the exact same race this past Saturday, or Sunday. Yep. All right. So the top five for both of us is Verstappen winning the race. I mean, how could you not? Uh, followed by Sergio Perez and the other Red Bull. Pretty standard. And then third place, we have Leclerc. Fourth place, we have Fernando Alonso, and fifth place, we have Carlos Sainz. We do have different dark horse choices, though. We do. We do. Uh, what did you put? I put Alcon. Gotcha, and I put Bottas. So we kind of have two midfield teams in there. Um, I would not be surprised if Bottas has a, has a really good race, because he yeah. did last, last week. Yep. And uh, Saudi Arabia is a, a pretty fast race so i think nathan and i both are thinking that having red bulls at top made a lot of sense just given how fast they are uh that we saw in bahrain yep absolutely all right fastest lap prediction what did you put ben i think it's gonna be verstappen although now that i saw that joe got the fastest lap last race my confidence has been shaken to its core yeah i said lance stroll um i think my reasoning is it, it doesn't seem like Anybody who's challenging for the lead has been getting the fastest lap as of late, just because they're generally not in clean air, and if they are, like Verstappen, he's not, I mean, he's trying to save his tires till the end of the race as well, so um, it generally doesn't go to the first place guy, unless, I mean, I guess it, it could, because he's obviously the fastest one on track, but... Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it'll go to Lance Stroll. He's he'll be a little more healed up by then, and he'll be in the other Aston Martin, and uh, quite possibly in clean air. Yep. So, all right, driver of the day. 
What'd you put, Ben? I put Verstappen. Gotcha. I think the Orange Army will come in a force next next week. In Saudi Arabia? It's possible. I don't know. Uh, if nothing <laughs> else exciting happens, then I feel like it's possible that the first place driver can walk away with the driver of the day. Gotcha. I said Alex Albon. I don't know why. Ooh. I think he'll have a good race, maybe. <laughs> hey, Albon showed up last race, so. Absolutely. All right, that runs off our predictions for this episode. That uh, moves us on to everybody's favorite segment, Ben's Words of Wisdom. What do you got for us this week, Ben? Okay, wiper blades. I know, they're kind of boring, but it's kind of worth spending a little extra money on them for your car. You can get the super cheap ones that are like 10 bucks a blade, and they'll last you through a season, but... If you splurge, you know, get some nice Bosch ones. Bosch, please sponsor us. Uh, it They last longer. They do a much better job. I think it's safer to have, you know, more expensive, like the beam wiper blades uh, that last longer. They evacuate water and snow and all other stuff off your windshield. They're quieter. Um, and they're so much easier to install uh, the more expensive you get. So you don't have to buy, like, the $50 wiper blades. But, you know... It's okay to splurge on wiper blades. I think that's worth it. Nice. Very, very important if you are in our neck of the woods where we get tons of rain all the time. Yeah, (laughs) three quarters of the year is just rain. Yep. All right. Well, I think that rounds off our episode. Choking on something, air. Uh, Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, leave a like or rating on the platform you listened on. It really helps us out. If you want to see updated standings for IndyCar and F1 or a calendar of upcoming races from all sorts of different series, check out our website, RevHang.com. If you have a question about racing or even about us, hit us up on Twitter using hashtag RevHangPodcast, and we may feature your question on the next show. You can follow Ben on Instagram at BenjiMeetsWorld and myself at 2N underscore squared. We'll be back in two weeks to cover the Saudi Arabia Grand Prix and the race at Texas Motor Speedway and IndyCar. But until then, I have been Nathan. And I'm Ben. Thanks for hanging out. See you guys.